0: AgriTalk is brought to you by full scale from helena grow strong returns this season with breakthrough foliar nutrition from full scale at reproduction and by propane propane is the energy for everyone especially farmers environmentally friendly propane can fuel most anything on the farm see how at propane.com not much action in the grain markets today wheat and corn were mixed soy complex was under pressure the cattle complex was higher and lean hog futures were widely mixed traders just seemed content to wait for the next market moving headline to jolt price action
1: live from the price action power station via farm journal broadcast this is agri talk this afternoon we'll talk with robin schmall from agmarket.net I, a handsome newsman, Davis Michelson, and now welcome the host of Talk Chip Glory.
0: Yep, that's right. And if we've got Robin Schmall on here today, you know what that means. We're going to be talking about what's going on in the milk markets, dairy industry, risk management on all sides of the milk, Davis. So uh, yeah, if you're in there milking cows, turn up the radio. We're here for you today.
1: Hello. <laughs> Hello. You know, uh, I, uh, I went the extra mile. For the uh the dairy producers today, you cooked did. up a couple of uh cooked up a couple of all beef patties for lunch. Okay. I was gonna okay. make myself a hamburger salad and I said, you know what? No, no, I can do more. I can <laughs> do more.
0: <laughs> yes, you can. And I
1: melted some delicious sharp cheddar, two slices, nice on top nice. of those bad boys. Yeah, and it was good. delicious. I was glad I did. I feel a a very delightfully satisfied, you know, in my belly. Yeah. And yeah. I have a smug sense of self-satisfaction. So there you go. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that comes along with eating a really good lunch, doesn't it?
1: Absolutely it does. Man, I yep. really did something over lunch.
0: Woo. I got to tell you. Yeah. I got to tell you, I I almost feel like I had a guilty pleasure over over lunch.
1: Oh, do tell.
0: For lunch. I had an egg sandwich.
1: Oh, baby. Yeah, yeah,
0: with sausage, with Uh sausage. So you know, obviously, I'm feeling smarter than what I did before lunch. Sure, sure. Um, it it just, it it you crack those eggs to put them in the skillet now, and it's like, oh man, sounds like a cash register
1: ringing. Yeah, it's a cash (laughs) register ringing. It's
0: cheaper to make a
1: truffle sandwich, baby.
0: Gosh, yeah. And, of course, I did have a slice of American cheese on there. Oh yeah. boy. Yeah. I mean, I'm hitting on all eight right now.
1: You sound like it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You know, speaking of all eight, mm-hmm. I, I don't think we've talked enough about what GM decided to do earlier this week. Yeah, this is a big deal. You know, it's like $918 million that they are investing in new... Uh, engine technology. So immediately your brain goes to new EVs, new battery technology, okay? Yep. How are we going to keep that thing charged up as it's going down the road? Uh, no. No. Yeah. Small black eight. Yep. Uh, combustible engine. Mm-hmm. And uh, they are going to be spending about 850 of the 918 on the development of this next generation of... Uh, gas burning engines okay and so this is uh this is pretty exciting because you know what Kelly Newenhouse from uh, Iowa Corn made the point sure. on the show on uh, earlier this week when we were at mm-hmm. top producer seminar th- that amount of money is invested for the long haul right that's not a short-term investment. They are making investments in technology that will come to market in about five years. In about five years. So, obviously, when it comes to that small block V8, and I'm thinking, you know, heavier trucks, you know, pickup trucks, um, uh, th- this probably isn't an engine that is going to be developed for you and me driving around town. hmm Although the technology that they discover, that they implement, that they use in this new tech, in this new engine yeah. could probably, you know, affect the the uh, efficiency of, uh, of of a passenger fleet uh, engine as well. Okay. 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 So yeah. it, I just think it's really, it's a bigger deal than what we've been giving it credit for. And, and you know, I keep thinking about how Kelly was so excited about it. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, every now and then I'm like, you know what? That is a good reason to be excited. Yeah. Because GM is investing a whole lot of money in a gas-powered engine. So, wow. Dude, I'm running this out of time. Let's go. What do you got No, no, we're good.
1: Well, Chip, trade was very light in the wheat markets with mixed prices. Soft red winter wheat futures were slightly lower. Spring wheat, slightly higher. Hard red winter wheat futures led the way with modest gains. The weather forecast calling for frigid temperatures in hard red winter wheat uh, country Uh, limited selling interest, selling in spring wheat has been limited by the necessity to keep spring wheat competitive with corn and soybeans heading into the spring planting season. March soft red winter wheat futures opened steady and posted an inside trading day with a close below the opening range. March HRW futures opened mid-range and did spike resistance at yesterday's high before setting back to close just below session highs. March HRW wheat futures four and one half cents higher, eight sixty nine and one quarter. March SRW wheat down two and a half cents, 750. March spring wheat closed at 921 and one half, up three and one half cents, Chip.
0: On the week, March SRW up eight and one half cents. March HRW up 21 and a quarter, and March spring up eight and three quarter cents.
1: Trade was very light in the corn market with bull spreading, helping to support nearby futures over the back month contracts. March corn erased Monday's sharp losses to close higher on the week. Thursday's upside reversal on uncertainty over supplies coming out of the Black Sea built enough upside momentum for March yeah. corn to close above the opening range. The corn market moved higher this week, even with Argentina receiving long overdue rains. Daily export sales announcements for corn earlier this week helped to raise price expectations. March corn looking at resistance at the Jan 18 high of 688 and three quarter. March corn futures one half penny higher, 683. May corn unchanged, 680. July corn futures 665 and three quarters down two and one quarter cents, Chip.
0: Yeah, on the week, March corn was up six and three quarter cents. July corn up just two and a quarter. So the bull spreads worked in that corn market almost all week.
1: Bear spreaders were active in the bean market today. Nearby contracts, lead price declines in the bean market, rains in Argentina, Uruguay, and Paraguay raised expectations for South American bean production this week. March bean oil futures briefly traded below 60 cents for the first time since December 12, but traders seem unwilling to push prices much below that pivotal level. Fundamental pressure on bean oil prices stems from recent pressure on Malaysian palm oil. March beans, 14 cents lower, 1509 and one half. May beans down 10 and one quarter, 1504 and one half. July soybeans closed at 1496, down eight and one half cents today.
0: Yeah, the spreads were flat this week. Both March beans and July beans were up three cents on the week.
1: March cotton was 50 points lower at 87
0: cents on the week, Chip. Yeah, and on the week, March uh, cotton up just 19 points.
1: Front month live cattle futures posted solid gains at the start of the week then spent the second half of the week grinding to the downside. February cattle steady 156.72 and a half. March feeder futures 62 and one half cents higher 183.47 and one half
0: weeklies. Yeah, on the cattle, February live cattle up just a dime, March feeder cattle up $2.50.
1: Well, front-month lean hog futures are at about a five-dollar premium to the cash lean hog index, that yeah. will continue to limit buying interest in Feb hogs. February hogs, one fifteen lower, and a half. April hogs, fifty-five cents lower, eighty-six forty-five. Chip.
0: All right, and on the week, February lean hogs down a buck ninety-five. So some pressure on that hog market this week. Real quick, February, uh, January class three milk futures were unchanged today. 1948, February, down 26 cents, 1806. We'll talk about that coming up with Robin Schmall, Agmarket.net. Next
2: to produce higher yields and greater value at harvest, timing is everything. Full scale from Helena helps soybeans reach their full potential with breakthrough foliar nutrition and reproduction.
1: We've got pearls of wisdom on Agritalk.
0: Welcome back to Agritalk. I'm Chip. Glad that you are with us this afternoon. Davis Michelson is here as well. Hello. And let's go ahead and bring him in here. Robin Schmall, agmarket.net. Good afternoon, Robin. How are you?
4: Yeah, hey, Chip, I'm doing fine. You're living the dream, like you always say.
0: Yep, yep. You know, sometimes we got to remember that nightmares are dreams too, though, Robin. <laughs> yeah, I got plenty <laughs> of those. <laughs> I hate to be a downer about that, but there it is. Um, so you keeping warm, man? I mean, the the weather's getting a little nasty on us again.
4: Yeah, but, you know, the the I, 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 I still view it as... You know, if it's in the teens or single digits, I think that's that's a win. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Especially when we get through that. We went through that period there around December, Christmas time, when it was like thirty-five below here. That's that's this is this is nice.
0: You bet, you bet. And I always say, you know what? Just keep the wind off me. I can take the temperature. Keep the wind off me. I'll be just fine. I'm going to be looking to do that this weekend. That's for sure. Got the wind blowing out there today. So Davis and I both did our part over the lunch hour and, and had some cheese for lunch uh but this cheese market has uh has been kind of crazy lately hasn't it
4: yeah we've seen unprecedented volatility or, or price swings i should say over an over a short period of time basically since mid-december we've never seen anything like this and where we can sing or see price swings like 15 uh, 14, 15 cents on like block cheese price from one day to the next. Practically, it's uh, it's just been crazy. I view the market as the cheese buyers and sellers actual being coming more like speculators. They're just trying to anticipate what each other's going to do.
0: But but ca- <laughs> Robin, that that barely makes sense that that they're speculating <laughs> in that cheese market. It, 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 I know
4: it. it does. Yeah, I know, but but I don't know what else to explain this when you see those kind of swings wow. back and forth. Uh, you so know, what does you that see do is, is to when you have a lower price
0: every day, then. Pardon me? What does that do to the milk price every day? What, what okay, kind of effect it, it, does that it, have? It
4: moves it, but it moves it not to the same uh, level as the underlying cash is doing. And what's happening is traders have been becoming more accustomed. To those short term price swings. So they have to move it higher. There's some short covering when it goes up, or you know, uh, long liquidation when it goes down because they're trading mostly short term. They're scalping this market. And but they are cognizant of the fact that these swings here are just short lived. So they're not following that market as much. And when you look at the charts, it's basically you see a little blips and stuff, but it's it's really been in a downtrend.
0: So Robin what what kind of a risk management signal does that send to farmers then I mean is it a I don't want to call it a false signal but you gotta you you've got to let that cheese market kind of swing around without doing anything right
4: well e- e- yes <laughs> um, obviously looking backwards um the time to do a lot of hedging was in the past. Yep. 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 Prior to these swings. Um, but you do still have the opportunity, like when cheese goes up 15 cents, which would equate into about a dollar 50 move, which we're, you know, the, the daily limit 75 cents. So you can't see that, but if you do see a, a good 30, 40 cents, 50 cent move, which we have seen for short periods of time intraday, um, you know, it's like, it does provide some opportunity to get some floors on. I talk about floors because in this volatility and the uncertainty of the market, I am not a big proponent of forward contracting or futures. It's just too volatile.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So like you said, they they're scalping the, the cheese market out there right now, but, um, Is is there any – what are the basic fundamentals of the cheese market right now? Have we got an oversupply, or what's happening there?
4: Okay. Um, Yeah, the fundamentals are kind of mixed, because when we take a look at exports, Mm -hmm. the exports have been doing phenomenal last year. We don't have the December numbers yet, but uh, through the first 11 months of the year, we had record cheese exports. Uh, They are 11 8% above last year. So you look at that and you should say, well, there should be some good support under this market, why isn't it going higher? Okay, butterfat, um, that's been the leader exports in November itself, we're up 104% over the year before with year to date exports up 47.9%. So you would say, well, that really should be supporting this market. However, when you take the world as a whole and you look at what's happening in like the European market, Uh, some of the other countries, UK, um, New Zealand, uh, and take a look at the global dairy trade auction, which happens every two weeks or twice a month. The global dairy trade auction average price reflects this weakening of world prices uh, because once it reached its peak in March of last year, the GDT global dairy trade auction, that average price is down 33% from there. Now, uh, when you're taking a look at butter, let's just let's okay. just cut out butter here yep. and look at butter in the European Union. Hit a peak in September. Our peak, we hit a record price in October. Okay. Uh, European Union hit the record price in September, and the price right now is 30 percent, 34 percent lower than that peak. Damn. And their cream price, used for churning that butter since the same period of time is down 44 percent oh my goodness so the high prices cure high prices and what it does is not that demand has fallen off we've seen an increase in production we increase in production of the cream that's available churning has increased churning has increased in the us and then we take a look at inventory uh, on the cold storage report that came out during the week we moved from butter 22% 22% below the previous year in August on inventory to December being 9% higher than December of last year.
0: Wow. Massive swings. And does that does that magnitude of a swing in, in production in stocks, does that happen with the same number of cows? Because it's not like we're looking at a, a, a huge buildup in the cow numbers or anything like that.
4: No, it's with the same amount of cows because yeah, where our last milk production report we had we actually declined eight thousand cows in the U.S. from that's the previous month, and then and then we but we still saw twenty-seven thousand more cows in the U.S. than a year ago. But what the real thing that's been happening throughout this year, ten months of the last uh, of two thousand twenty-two, milk production per cow has exceeded, you know, the previous year. Okay. So milk production per cow has been really the thing which has really been been, um, supplying the market. Um, So the dairy farmers, you got to applaud them. They do a good job with what they have, high uh, high feed prices, issues in, in the Southwest, Arizona and stuff, getting that stuff in through rail that they've had some issues with, doing a phenomenal job getting milk out of the cows. They just keep on cranking those tails a little more. (laughs)
0: <laughs> is is that how it works robin <laughs> 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 that sounds
1: right that's what i have in my notes too
0: <laughs> <Crank the cow's laughs> Yep. okay got it uh, you know this the the amount of volatility that that market is dealing with it it uh it, on the risk management side of things cal uh, i don't know why i'm saying that robin jeez i am so sorry um the what it does to your risk management strategies is uh, I mean, how, do, how do you deal with that?
4: Well, the main thing is, is you got to take a look at what do you try to accomplish? And you need to, you need to stick to a risk management plan. Now you need to be cognizant of what the fundamentals are doing, yeah. but you need to stick to a risk management plan. And like I said, those who stuck to their risk management plan, Uh, even late last year, um, you know, in the fall of last year, have done a really good job of protecting their prices through so far. I mean, uh, dairy revenue protection is one. I mean, dairy revenue protection on uh, third quarter and fourth quarters had some phenomenal payouts. Um, It sets the floor. It's a good way to look at it. Um, you You need to set those levels and you need to do it and and I've been promoting for a couple of years now the best way to do it is option strategies, options in themselves, mm-hmm. DRP. Uh, you want to leave flexibility in this kind of a market, but yet you want to get that floor in.
0: Yeah. You know, we talk about flexibility in marketing plans and in risk management decisions. From the from the dairy side of things, to soybeans, to wheat, to corn. Uh, heck, even hogs and cattle, we talk about maintaining that flexibility because of, you know, we've experienced way too many black swans. And they can move markets hard in one direction or the other. And, and we've got to be ready for stuff like that to happen. We are talking with Robin Schmall, AgMarket.net. When we come back... Robin, you mentioned dairy exports. Why aren't they helping prices more?
3: From powering irrigation engines to warming buildings, propane has always been a part of American farm life. Now you can be a part of propane's future and save money at the same time.
1: As of yesterday, the total tonnage of grain and other foodstuffs exported via the Black Sea grain deal stood at 18.4 million metric tons. The U.S. Undersecretary of State for Political Affairs says Washington is working to increase exports of Russian and Ukrainian grains and fertilizers under the Black Sea Export Initiative. China's domestic tourism trips jumped 23.1% from the same period last year during the first week of the Lunar New Year celebration. Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen said the U.S. and European Union uh, are talking about a Russian crude oil price cap. She hoped the two sides would reach an agreement by February 5. And House Ag Committee Chairman Glenn G.T. Thompson added Randy Feenstra of Iowa via special waiver to the Ag Committee. News of notice taken from the pages of ProFarmer. Get more with Try ProFarmer.com. Opinions expressed on AgriTalk do not necessarily reflect the views of Farm Journal Broadcasting, affiliate stations, or sponsors. We don't make the news, we render it. AgriTalk.
0: Welcome back to AgriTalk. We are right in the middle of a conversation with today's guest analyst, Robin Schmall from AgMarket.net. That means we're talking about what's going on in the milk markets. Uh, before we get back to Robin Davis, go ahead and recap where the markets closed.
1: Chip March HRW wheat futures four and one half cents higher today, eight sixty nine and one quarter. March soft red wheat down two and a half cents, seven fifty. March corn futures a half penny higher at six eighty three. July corn futures closed at six sixty five and three quarters, down two and one quarter cents. March bean futures were 14 cents lower on the day, 1509 and one half. July beans 1496 at the close, down eight and one half cents today. March cotton 50 points lower, 87 cents. On the livestock side, February fat cattle unchanged, 156.72 and a half. March feeder futures 62 and one half cents higher at 183.47 and one half. And February lean hog futures a buck 15 lower. Seventy five, eighty seven, and one half chip. That's a yes. quick market recap. Uh, uh let me yeah. uh, throw it back over to you. Let's say. Excellent.
0: Thanks, buddy. Appreciate that. it. Ah. All right, Robin Schmall, Agmarket.net is our guest today. Robin, uh yeah. last segment you mentioned the good export year that 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 you know, through the first eleven months for the cheese. Uh what about other products? Uh, we um uh, other dairy products in the export market.
4: Well, the dry whey has been doing okay. Um, maybe not quite as good as maybe some other times, but uh, it's done well. November exports, they were up 15.5%, with year to date up 8.9%, which is good. Uh, anytime we can see a gain uh, is positive. The powder market's been struggling. Exports year to date are slightly lower. Uh, they've been struggling both internationally and domestically. The, the non fat dry milk and dry whey markets, if you have look, if you've been watching the um, spot trading, I mean, they've just they can't find a the bottom, they've just mm-hmm. fallen off the cliff. Um, just uh, there's more supply than demand. Mm-hmm. And, um, and that's really across everything. Why aren't the prices higher because of good exports? Well, all you got to do is look back at what the prices are doing right now in the spot market, look at what our inventories are, and you can basically say that we've been able to meet that export demand, as well as uh, builds a little bit of uh, inventory relative to the previous year. Uh, so we need to we need to see that flip the other way to um, you know get some support under that market. And the other thing with the export market is we haven't really seen the impact of the lower prices in the world market yet, because you have to realize that. Uh, just like with grains, just like with any other exports, they don't buy it and expect to get it in a week or two. A lot of times they contract these for months in advance. Yeah. And, uh, so some of that strong exports that we're seeing here, maybe we're contracted the first part of this year already. They just haven't run through the system yet and then have the impact of the lower prices. And I think we might see, start to see some of that as we move through this year.
0: Okay. Okay. Um, one of the one of the things that you just said there, supply—we've uh, got more supply than demand. That's something that we haven't talked about that in the dairy market for for a while, have we? No. 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 Well,
4: and actually, what's what's really funny about, and that's what makes this market uh, so crazy, and it's going to stay that way and get worse yet. I think, mm-hmm. as long with all these other markets or a volatility level has increased significantly and uh, we're going to continue to see this. Okay. Um, that's why, you know, I installed some seat belts on my chair in the office <laughs> so I can at least <laughs> stay in it at times. But, um, you're, you know, you're, you're looking at hitting record class four price in okay. April, record class three price in May when we had record cheese inventories. Yeah. Now you try to figure that one out, Yeah. but you have a perception there at that point in time, because cow numbers were decreasing mm-hmm. um, bec- because of heavier calling. And that perception was, is that we were going to tighten this milk supply. Well, once you get to a certain point and they go, man, this isn't happening. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And then they realize that stocks are okay. high and they don't have to be where they are. I call it the heifer mentality so that when a group of heifers gets scared, they yeah. start running. And then after they run around the yard a couple of times, they stand there and look around and try to figure out why they ran that
0: way. Yeah, right. Exactly. Exactly. Okay. So if if producers have been responsive to the higher prices by increasing production, does $18 milk slow down production?
4: Yeah, it will. Um, maybe not quite as much as, as we'd like to see as quick as we'd like to see. However, I thought we would see a lingering of of good cow numbers uh, because there's feed around. Uh, we may see a little bit more culling coming in spring when start running out of feed, they got to buy, uh, buy more feed. But on our December milk production report, we saw that decrease in cow numbers which kind of gets the attention because you have to look and say, hey, maybe even at this price, Mm -hmm. and you're looking at our current feed prices, that Mm. farmers are starting to call and cut back already because they're anticipating that they might be going through a little bit period of lower time. So we could see that reaction or that impact on the trade a little quicker than what has been anticipated.
0: Okay, all right. Uh, on the feed side of things, what what are your thoughts as far as getting some coverage in there?
4: Well, you know, the, the one thing we always get, um, we, we have a, a problem with, and I say this with tongue in cheek. Yeah. Well, as, a, as a broker and as producers. Yeah. Is we always try to guess the market. Mm-hmm. And sometimes um you know that becomes real difficult and then it's always hindsight and everything like that yes we are higher on our feed prices now uh can we see um lower prices coming in based on argentina getting some rain based on what's coming out of brazil based on how many acres potentially we might plant uh and if we have a average uh weather this year Okay, we will see some lower grain prices, we could increase our inventory or our carryover stocks, and be a little more comfortable. But we don't know what that's going to be. So uh, based on how we've just can kind of been moving around here uh, in this market, if somebody has not got any protection to the upside, I recommend uh, pricing something with some options spreads, uh, just to get a ceiling in there. It leaves your bottom side open. We could get some weather glitch wars or anything like that yep. that could yeah. all of a sudden have this price another dollar higher. And then we stand there and look around again and say, well, we could have showed a woulda. It's, 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 it's always tough. Um, but yeah. using, again, like we talked about before, that flexibility, yep. it puts you in a peace of mind that I can take a lower price, but I got myself covered.
0: Right. Right. Uh, now that's for corn primarily and, and protein. Yeah. What about on forage? I mean, if, if you don't have it, you just got to go out and get it when, it when when the opportunity comes up, don't you?
4: Yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah. we don't have a futures market for no. forage. Um, I'd like to see a hay contract. Uh, but that's has not been anything that's been grabbed the hold of at this point in time. Uh, you'd have to buy it, so there you have a longer-term situation you have to look at. If you know you have to buy some feed, you have to start making some preparations yeah. quite a bit ahead of time. Yeah. Otherwise, you're at the mercy of the current market, and that premium, supreme quality hay is high for this oh, time yeah. of year.
0: Yeah, it, it certainly is. I mean, is that where the the greatest risk is on the feed side? Is it in the forage, or is in where is it?
4: Hmm, probably the forage, if you want to, if you buy yeah. good quality hay, because that's a necessity, uh, into your dad diet. But I yeah. think, I think there's a real risk there for those who are are feeding soybean meal. I mean, you look at that soybean okay. meal market relative to how the soybeans <laughs> have been trading. <laughs> yeah. And yes, no I kidding. realize that, uh, we are contracting in a, in a hog herd, a, a cattle herd, but, I mean, you just take a look at what that that market has done. I mean, it's made yeah. this huge move up, been moving chopping around sideways now. Yep. Uh, I think that's, that's where there's significant okay. risk uh, as far as that standpoint is concerned, along with the forage.
0: Gotcha. Gotcha. All right. Uh, you've got a note here that we've got a deadline coming up on your dairy margin coverage program. Tell us about that.
4: Yeah, dairy margin coverage program is a yearly program that farmers have to sign up for. What it does is it gives the opportunity of choosing uh, an income over feed level uh, starting at $4 up to $9.5 and on 5 million pounds of milk. Uh, The deadline is January 31st. So producers who have not signed up yet for 2023 have till the 31st to go to the FSA office and sign up for that dairy margin coverage program. Okay. It's been a good program. It does protect your income over feed uh, so that if our feed is higher, our milk price goes down, there will be a payment that is made based on the level that you took. And it's been a really good program over the years it's been implemented.
0: Yeah, well, it's been it's good enough that there are some guys in the cattle industry and in the hog industry that are saying, hey, listen, look at that for uh, uh, what you got for dairy. We ought to be looking at something like that for the next farm bill, too. So, I, I mean, yeah, popularity is high. Yep.
4: Yeah, yep. it's it's Very a good, good. thing. Um, I encourage people to sign up for it. And, and yep. again, don't don't second guess what we might be doing this year. Yeah. Um, sign up. So you got that covered.
0: Exactly. Good idea. Good idea. All right, Robin. Well, stay warm. Crank those tails a little bit tighter. And uh, (laughs) we'll we'll talk to you again soon, all right?
4: All right. Hey, thanks a lot. Take care.
0: You bet, buddy. That is Robin Schmall, agmarket.net. Davis and I will be right back to wrap up this week's Talk.
1: The best talkers in ag, including you. Join the conversation on Agritalk. Call us at 855-4-TALK-AG. Davis Michelson here, Agritalk, Chip Lord. You know, Chip, I said the phone number normal yesterday. I don't know if you listened.
4: <laughs> of course you did. 855
1: 5 48 25 52 followed by the number four. Call us and join the conversation. <laughs> That's eight. I'm 5 Five, five, four, eight, two, five, five, two, and then <laughs> dial the number four, and you can talk to us here on That's AgriTalk. Talk.
0: Well done. Well oh, done. it felt
1: good too. It felt yeah. good. You know, yeah. so constraining.
0: Ah, so constraining. Eight five
1: five four eight two five five two four. Who can even? Who can even process that? You know, yeah. It, yeah, just, it just small like, bites. It just
0: sounds like jumble. I'm a small yeah. bites
1: guy. Is yeah, what I am. I get
0: you. I got
1: you. So glad that you've uh, decided to. Spend some time Friday afternoon with us, everybody. Uh, Chip, great to have you back. I want to talk about, uh, give you a chance to riff on your top producer summit experience. I know you're, okay. you're come, you're, you've returned to us, rejuvenated, you're fired up. Um, and that's great. You've, you've talked to farmers. You've, you know, you've been with the man on the street. Yep. And, uh, and so I want to give you a chance to let some of that out. Uh, Good. but I do have a question. Robin Schmall, agmarket.net. If he had his way, hay futures yeah. would be traded. Yeah, did, did I hear I that? Thought that
0: was interesting. Yeah. Um, it seems to me
1: like that would be incredibly complicated. I've had a l- fair amount of experience buying hay myself, not recently. Um, yeah. But so I mean, you, every bale of hay is not the same. No. I mean, what right. would you? What would you have? You <clears> break it down hard like to come the up wheat. With... You'd have. Well, you know the clover hay. You'd have orchard grass. You'd have yeah. waterway grass. You would have. you know, yeah, but like, we trade.
0: Oh. But we trade feeder cattle, and there's all different kinds of feeder cattle. You can put a calf on feed when he's 350 pounds, but what the feeder cattle market is is a 700 pound steer. Okay. You just got to put a standardization on it and go forward. Uh-huh. You know, we t- we talked this morning with uh, Tyson Redpath about the the carbon markets and and how do you figure all that out? I, I didn't get into him with uh, on, on this, but the extension to the conversation that we had with with Tyson is you need to standardize something, something mm-hmm. <laughs> in this yeah. And in order to then establish a basis market. So if you've got a standardized carbon value, then after that, it's the standard value plus or minus whatever somebody is willing to pay for the action that you are doing on your farm. So maybe just going to strip tilt. And I, you know what? I shouldn't use any examples at all on this. Okay. Okay. Uh, so maybe if you adopt one practice, it's very low cost. It's, very little change in what it means for carbon sequestration. So maybe that's a negative five basis, but dang, if you go all the way to cover crops and no-till and do the full shebang on, uh, on storing up carbon in your soil, maybe that's the standardized plus five basis. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. I, you know, I'm just using numbers as an example. Um, there, there would have to be something like that done for the hay market as well. It takes some time and some research, but hey, you know, it's a bureaucracy. They've got money and time. Well, they can
1: get they can get people to do that, right? Yeah. They've got people. They've got yes. people.
0: Yeah. RMA, um, get RMA involved. Government money. Oh what yeah. runs the whole world. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Uh, one of the scariest words ever, according to Reagan, I'm from the government and I'm here to help. To help? No! <laughs>
0: <laughs> essentially running in the opposite direction
1: uh just just quickly this is kind of a broad piece of advice it seems to be a theme that we're threading through agritalk the last week and a half or so maybe longer flexibility and marketing oh. but leave the floor in uh a flexible approach with some benchmarks some some posts some fence yeah. posts that you can
0: hang on to yeah some markers And and like robin was just talking about Um, if you're using it on feed to put a ceiling in price on, on what the cost of that feed is going to be, but leave the bottom side open to lower prices. Um, it's absolutely. And you, you know, it's not the last week and a half or or two weeks. It's the last year and a half, two years Mm. that that has been a strategy that everybody seems to talk about it. it's it, it's not like we're looking at a situation where we've got high prices and deteriorating basis so you know you just go ahead and you make the sale because i'm bearish and basis stinks now so i ju- uh, i'm just going to make the sale there's so many different uh, variables that are happening in these markets right now mm-hmm. that it it on, on one hand, it's a very complicated market uh, across the board. It's a complicated market. But at the, it, at the same time, or in the other hand, it's got a simple answer, <laughs> you know? And that is to build the price floor or the price ceiling and, and go from there. Well, isn't, um,
1: isn't yeah. that a marketing plan that does its job at the root? The nuts and bolts is... You remove what variables you can.
0: Yeah, yeah, very good. Yeah, that's exactly right, dude. Exactly. Talk right.
1: about talk about top producer summit in uh, Nashville, okay. Tennessee.
0: Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. Just real quick, um, marketing. Marketing was on the list of things that people talked about more huh? regularly. Yeah. Uh, just basically said, listen, I need to restructure the way that I'm doing things. I talked about this with Brian yesterday, or on Wednesday. Uh, they need to restructure things and make marketing a bigger priority in their operation, so that it it's not forgotten. And then interest rates were were obviously at the top of the list. But I'm telling you, you guys, the networking that takes place at this meeting, the conversations, the the uh, sharing of a good time. You know, I it it, it seems like I make new friends at this meeting every year. Mm-hmm. And dude, the same was true once again this year and I've got um, video from Kid Rocks to prove it. Oh, okay. Man. That's awesome. We, we had a great time out there. So thanks Tim, Mark, Mike. Appreciate you guys. All right, we will talk to you again next week Monday morning. We've got Machine Repeat right here on Agritalk. Go Chiefs. Go
3: Chiefs. Niners!